In case number 17-1091, Timms versus Indiana, Justice Ginsburg has the opinion of the court. Tyson Tibbs pleaded guilty in Indiana State Court to dealing in a controlled substance and a related offense. The trial court sentenced him to one year of home detention, five years of probation, and fees and costs totaling some $1,200. The police also seized Tibbs' vehicle, a Land Rover SUV, he had purchased for about $42,000 with money he received from an insurance policy when his father died. The state engaged a private law firm on a contingent fee basis to bring a civil suit for forfeiture of Tibbs Land Rover. Denying the request requested forfeiture, the trial court observed that Tibbs had recently purchased the vehicle for more than four times the maximum $10,000 monetary fine assessable against him for his drug conviction. Forfeiture of the Land Rover, the court found, would be grossly disproportionate to the gravity of Tibbs' offense and therefore unconstitutional under the Eighth Amendment's clause banning excessive fines. The Indiana Supreme Court ruled otherwise holding that the excessive fines clause constrains only federal action and does not protect against exorbitant state impositions. We vacate that judgment. The Eighth Amendment's excessive fines clause we hold today is an incorporated protection applicable to the states under the Fourteenth Amendment's due process clause. A Bill of Rights protection is incorporated meaning it is applicable to the states as well as the federal government. We have explained if it is fundamental to our scheme of ordered liberty or deeply rooted in the nation's history and tradition. The excessive fines clause fits that description. The right to be free from excessive fines is stated in sources ranging from Magna Carta to the English Bill of Rights to state constitutions from the founding era to the present day, and for good reason. Exorbitant tolls undermine other constitutional liberties. Excessive fines historically were used to retaliate against or chill the speech of the sovereign's political adversaries. Even absent a political motive, the government may employ fines in a manner out of accord with the penal goals of retribution and deterrence. The temptation to do so is real, for fines are a source of revenue in contrast to common forms of punishment, imprisonment, or supervised release that cost the state money. The state of Indiana argues that the clause does not apply to its use of civil in-rem forfeitures because the specific application of the clause to such forfeitures is neither fundamental nor deeply rooted. But in Austin v. United States, decided in 1993, this Court held that civil in-rem forfeiture falls within the compass of the excessive fines clause when the forfeiture is at least in part punitive. Austin involved a federal imposition, but when a Bill of Rights protection is incorporated, it applies identically 
to both the federal federal government and the states. Indiana urges that we should either overrule Austin or hold that in light of Austin, the excessive fines clause is not incorporated. For reasons explained in our opinion, the state's request to reconsider our unanimous judgment in Austin is not properly before the court today. The state's alternative argument that the excessive fines clause should be incorporated if it applies to civil in-rem forfeitures, misapprehends the nature of our inquiry. In considering whether a Bill of Rights protection is incorporated, we ask whether the basic right, not each and every particular application of that right, is fundamental or deeply rooted. Indiana's suggestion to the contrary overlooks our approach to cases concerning novel applications of rights we have held to be incorporated. In Packingham against North Carolina, decided in 2017, for example, we dealt with the North Carolina statute prohibiting registered sex offenders from accessing certain commonplace social media websites. We held that the statute violated the First Amendment right to freedom of speech without inquiring whether application of the free speech clause specifically to social media websites, was fundamental or deeply rooted. Similarly here, whether or not application of the sex fines clause to civil in-rem forfeiture is itself fundamental, our conclusion that the clause is fundamental, therefore incorporated, remains firm. For the reasons just summarized and more fully stated in the Court's opinion, we vacate the Indiana Supreme Court's judgment and remand the case for further proceedings. Justice Gorsuch has filed a concurring opinion. Justice Thomas has filed an opinion concurring in the judgment.